I am uh, Pastor Mandy North. I serve as the pastor here at the Manassas Church of the Brethren, and I'm on the strategy team for Voice. What inspired you to become a pastor? Oh, that's a really good question. What inspired me to become a pastor? I think um, when I was a kid growing up, I always loved, well, once I got connected into a youth group and made relationships, I um, loved being at church and learning about God and doing whatever the youth group was doing. I was always there. I actually grew up in a denomination, the Presbyterian Church of America, PCA church, that did not um, have women leadership. So um, to be a pastor, a deacon, an elder, um, you had to be a, a man. And I had a commitment in my heart that I really wanted to go into ministry, but there was just no place for me in the church. So I thought um, I would actually marry a youth pastor and be the youth pastor's wife. Uh, and I met my husband in college and he's a great guy, but he does not have a call for ministry. Um, but he grew up in the Church of the Brethren. So when we moved here in Manassas in the early 2000s, we started attending here at the Manassas Church of the Brethren. I was a middle school math teacher at the time. And there was a um, senior pastor here at the time was uh, Jeff Carter. And the associate pastor at the time, Minister of Congregational Life, was Nancy Fitzgerald. And that was the first time I'd ever experienced or seen a woman as a pastor or called into ministry and my husband and I we didn't have kids we were volunteering with the youth group all the time and she asked me why I wasn't in ministry and I said because women can't be pastors <laughs> which is a really hard thing to say when you're talking to a woman pastor so she said well let's talk about that and because I was a school teacher I had my summers available and so this this very congregation created an explorer call summer for me to preach and to see pa what pastoral care looks like and to be a part of the ministries here in a pastoral kind of role um, before i committed to going to seminary and then um in 2015 i came back here on on the pastoral staff and I've been lead pastor here since 20, 2018. Yeah. For you not only leading the church how important is you is it for you to be a part of the community? Well I you know here at the Manassas Church of the Brethren our uh, kind of tagline is that we're a community of care where relationships matter and our discipleship counts and so I don't think faith works unless there's community. Even Jesus called 12 disciples and did his ministry here on earth um, in community. And so we're not called to be alone. We're called to uh, learn in faith and be on our spiritual journey in community. So I, I think they go hand in hand. And I think it's just really important that um, we don't live life in a vacuum, but we uh, reach out to others and are in community with our neighbors um, all along the way. Can you tell me about VOICE? Yes, so VOICE is uh, Virginians Organized for Interfaith Community Engagement, V-O-I-C-E. And they uh, started in 2008, right here in Northern Virginia, organizing interfaith, uh, Muslims, Christians, 
Jewish communities, other um, even non-religious community groups partnering together to um, really organize and bring power and money to bring real change to our communities. Um, we have worked really hard on um, bringing affordable housing to Northern Virginia. Um, we've had right now we're in a huge campaign around bringing better mental health care to the whole state of Virginia. Um, we've worked with criminal justice reform. Um, just in 2019, we were able to get a public defender's office here in Prince William County. We were one of the last large counties in the state of Virginia to get a public defender's office, and we were really um, great to be able to bring that here to our community. And with mental health, uh, uh, Prince William County is working on a future crisis receiving center. Can you tell me a little bit about Voices' work on that? Yeah, so um, during the pandemic, one of the things that VOICE does to help us understand the issues is we hold listening sessions. And we listen to um, community members to find out what issues are bubbling up. And um, we held, I think it was before the pandemic, we held some listening sessions with returning citizens, people who were coming out of our criminal justice system and back, um, back into community. and. One of the things that we were hearing after chatting with, I think, over 300 individuals was just how much um, mental health was part of our criminal justice system and how many people who are experiencing um, struggles with mental health were actually caught up in our criminal justice system. And so we, we were hearing that we needed to find better mental health care. So over the pandemic, now we were finding ourselves uh, having conversations with learning about the new Crisis Now model for mental health and learning about crisis receiving centers. Uh, one of the first times we heard about it was uh, they're operating out of Arizona. And so we got to meet with the folks in Arizona who are doing it, who have the model in place to learn how we might be able to bring it here to Virginia. Yeah, I've talked to them, uh, Connections Health, actually, yes, before, right. and they say uh, working with uh, Prince William County has been uh, great and seeing they're creating something completely different that people haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've uh, worked with them and then even, um, you know, working with other experts of that same field, the Recovery International, um, we've been able to talk with them, too. They were the ones who had been operating the crisis receiving center out of Chantilly. Um, and we voice leaders even took a field trip down to Durham, North Carolina last year to see a, an operating crisis receiving center um, that didn't have some of the uh, regulatory bump ups that we've been uh, experiencing here in Virginia, just because Virginia doesn't have a crisis receiving center model to even know what regulations it needs or doesn't need. Um, so that was just really neat to be able to see one in person and to see how it can operate here. And you do a lot to help people's uh, mental health, uh, but what do you do to help your own mental health? Uh, yeah, so it's interesting where, um, well, I like to walk. I think exercise is always a good thing. I've got good friends who uh, get me out in the cold, even when it's cold, and get me moving, which is always great, and surrounding myself with good friends. Um, sleep is always a good thing as well. Um, and 
And it's interesting because we're in the season of Advent, even yeah. now, as we prepare our hearts and minds for, for Christmas. And we're using worship resources out of um, a sanctified art called, um, the theme this year is, um, How Does a Weary World Rejoice? And so all of our worship themes um, using Luke's gospel has been helping our whole congregation think about how we can rejoice even when we're weary. And, um, and we've talked about, A, acknowledging our weariness. So I think even with mental health, acknowledging when there is mental health concerns so it can be addressed. Uh, the second week, we talked about finding joy and connection and that realizing we don't have to go through this alone, just as we had talked about the importance of community. You know, none of us have to walk through anything alone. So finding uh, people who to come alongside of us and pray with us and support us along the way. Um, and then this this past week, we had uh, talked about uh, allowing ourselves to be amazed, um, being intentional about looking for uh, times to be grateful, uh, looking for the good in things, even when things seem really bleak. And then this Sunday, as we gear up for Advent, we're talking about singing songs of hope. Um, sometimes when our mental health is down, uh, coming up with that great favorite playlist and listening to some of our favorite music can also be helpful along the way. And then just making room and, and recognizing that we are God's beloved, right? And all of us are uh, loved children of God. And so um, sometimes anchoring ourselves back into that. Um, the Sunday after Easter or after Christmas actually will be um, uh, rooting ourselves in ritual. Sometimes just reminding ourselves that uh, sticking to a schedule or having routines can also really help us when, when we're struggling. Yep. I talked to a few people that, a uh, few professionals, and they talk about how important uh, to help your mind, body, and spirit. How important is faith a part of the treatment process of mental health? Yeah, well, I think, um, unfortunately, sometimes there are times in faith where we don't always get it right and we think you don't have enough faith and you're struggling because you're not depending on God enough or your prayers aren't strong enough. And I just, I think that's been a really um, dangerous road for the faith community to go down. I think um, it is all connected, right? It's, it's body, mind, spirit, you know, so it's like mental, emotional. I mean, it's all connected. And so when we are taking care of our whole selves, then we can be the whole individual that we've been created to be. Um, and so, yeah, I think we, we have an opportunity to kind of take care of our spiritual health. I think there is something, there's a hope that I think comes when we realize we're not alone on this and that there is something bigger than us, greater than us that can help walk alongside us when we're struggling, um, which I think, you know, ties all of that together. What is it like working with, uh, uh, with voice and uh, people of all different religions? Um, it's fantastic, honestly. I think we need more of that in our yeah. world because the more you work with people who are different, have different faiths, have different values, different belief system, different holidays, you realize like we're 
still all human beings <laughs> and we all you know wake up in the morning and we all uh you know go about our day we all work we all play we all laugh we all cry and uh and so i think it's just a reminder that we're really not as different as we like to put ourselves into categories and if we continue to silo ourselves then i then i think we lose sight of our commonality so i think it's extremely vital that we do this work um, of bringing bringing together our, our diversity to remind us just how much we do have in common. What are some of the things that motivate you? Oh, what are some of the things that motivate me? Really, like seeing true change. Um, when um, when I first started kind of participating in voice, um, one of the first actions that I attended we were working with the state. The state at the time had this law that if you had overdue court fees, that they would suspend your driver's license. Mm. So the consequence for not having enough money to pay court fees was to take away your driver's license so you can't drive. So do that math with me. It's not like we have a great public transportation system. <laughs> so if you don't have enough money to pay court fees, we're going to take away your driver's license, which keeps you from driving to the job to make the money you need to maybe possibly have what you need to live <laughs> and possibly pay back those court fees. So we overturned that, that law because wow. of the work of voice. It reinstated driver's license for 625,000 Virginians. And so for me, that's a motivation because what we do is really changing people's lives. And that's huge. I mean, just seeing what we're doing with the work on affordable housing or the work with crisis receiving centers, I mean, that's going to save people's lives. Um, even just here at the church, uh, the simple things that I do or not so simple as a pastor, um, seeing that it's changing people's lives and it's helping people to know that they're loved, that they're valued, that they belong. Um, I think that to me is what motivates me to do what I do.